we can reflect, self-reflect, but not all by ourselves, right? We're built to self-reflect and share with others in a really safe and pleasant environment so that we can feel more uplifted and more connected, not only to ourselves, but to people around the world. This is a show where we'll explore what it means to retire with purpose to make a difference, to invest in your family, your community, to live to your full potential and explore abundant opportunities to live with purpose and community. From Garden Spot Communities in New Holland, Pennsylvania, welcome to Purpose in Retirement. I'm Scott Miller, the Chief Marketing Officer at Garden Spot Communities. And I'm Juanita Fox, the storyteller. So in this season of Purpose in Retirement, we're going to be talking to experts who are going to share different ways that innovation and emerging technologies can improve the qualities of our lives and to help us live with purpose in community. In this episode, we're going to be talking with Amy Giddon, the founder of the Daily Aloha app. She describes herself as a reluctant entrepreneur, but she's changing the world one inspiring question at a time. Her app creates the opportunity to connect authentically with others. The platform is anonymous set and it allows people to respond to a daily question. The app also strips away age and status. It encourages only non-judgmental responses. We'll be talking about the powerful connections that happen as a result of her app and share how you can get involved too. In just a moment, we'll talk with Amy. Amy, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's so my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And so for the 2022 season of Purpose in Retirement, we're going to be talking with you know industry innovators like yourself and leaders who are offering new and emerging technologies that can help us discover you know opportunities to live with purpose and community. Um, and soon after I heard about you know Daily Aloha, um, I downloaded it and I have been hooked ever since. And so I think that I missed one day um, and then I quickly caught up. Um, but it's just it is it's so positive. Oh, thank you for those kind words. And hopefully you're hooked in a good way. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but uh, we are trying to put something positive out there. We all need that every day, right? We do. Yeah. You know, Amy, I have the app on my phone as well. And one of the things I find most inspiring about it is after I complete my my daily aloha and I get the, you know, the response back is the inspirational quotes that go with the day um, Mm. are inspiring to me. And so thank you. Oh, and thank you for that feedback. You know, I've always loved quotes, but, you know, sometimes it can be overwhelming to just be flooded with quotes. You lose that individual impact of just seeing one and one alone that's really meaningful. So we're like a drip quote generator, right? <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> yeah, a meaningful quote a day. Yes. Well, thank you. Um, and so you sort of started along this line, but could you tell our listeners, like, how does Daily Halaha work? How does the, the app work? Yeah, it's actually super simple. Um, You know, I look at it as a daily exercise or a daily practice. And it's so that we can reflect, self-reflect, but not all by ourselves, right? We're built to self-reflect and share with others in a really safe and pleasant environment so that we can feel more uplifted and more connected, not only to ourselves, but to people around the world. And based on one question a day that is posed to the world and accompanied with a lovely quote to inspire self-reflection. So what is your work history, Amy? Like, how does it connect to what you're doing now? Yeah, you know, loosely, I would say. (laughs) Um, I entered the world of entrepreneurship about five years ago, and it was such a departure from my past 
working life, although most of my working life has been spent in business. But I've worked for big, large, you know, global companies, well-resourced, which is very different than startup land. Um, but I worked mostly in management consulting and financial services. And over the years, I did go to successively smaller companies. And I ended up being the president of a, like a mid-sized private equity-backed financial services company. And along my journey, you know, which is spent in cubicles and big offices <laughs> and everything in between, I became really interested in leadership and culture and business as I saw, you know, what an impact on people, leaders and culture has at work. We spend so many of our hours at work. So I ended up actually transitioning into um, leadership work. I went to work at Columbia University championing women leaders and helping women fulfill their leadership ambitions in corporate environments. And that was really enriching work. And I still love supporting women in, the, in business. But it wasn't until about five years ago that I found myself as a kind of reluctant entrepreneur. But most of my, you know, my entire career was in business and leadership before that. So what was it that that inspired you to, you know, make that jump and start um Daily Aloha. I'm saying that correctly, right? You are Aloha. Yes, it's like Aloha with an H. Okay. Um, yeah, I had an experience that really um, transformed me, and it was so simple yet um, profound. And here's the here's the thing that happened. Um, I live in New York. I'm in Westchester County, but most of my my career has been spent in Manhattan. Most of my jobs have have brought me into the city, and I so I commute. I'm a commuter, and I take this train and then I take the subway. So. I had an experience in a New York City subway station called Union Square, and it happened after the election of 2016. And I probably don't need to remind you or your listeners that that was a very different kind of election than most of us had experienced in our lives. I certainly participated in many elections in my life, but I never saw that level of division and polarization that happened right during that election. It's unfortunate, It's really unfortunate, right? We, it was division at every sphere and political spheres, but also socially. And for many of us, myself included, like around my fam- family dinner table, mm-hmm. right? So we were feeling disconnected and and kind of stupefied by like, what happened to the us here, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's more us versus them than we're all in this together right now. And I was feeling the weight of that. I uh, It really wounded my... Um, my what I hold dear, my you know, my greatest value, which is that we all belong. We all belong and we belong to each other. That's what I believe. So I was feeling that and I came upon this collective art experience in the subway station. And it was super simple. It was based on post-it notes. There's a participatory artist named Matthew Chavez who started it. And people were posting notes of affirmation and unity and hope on the subway walls in the wake of this polarizing election. And at its culmination, it was 50,000 post-its. Wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, right. It's a big number, but the visual impact of it is it, hard to describe. But if you go on subwaytherapy.com, you'll, you'll get the visual. Um, but I took notice of this thing, felt this magnetic attraction to this display 
felt called to participate and contribute something positive to this experience. And I just, in two minutes, I felt uplifted and connected in a way that I hadn't for many, many weeks. And when I looked around at all the other passersby, I saw that they were uplifted too. It wasn't just me. So this sent me on a steep exploration of participatory art. Like what is it about these public installations that can bring our shared humanity back in just an instant? And the more I learned about it, the more I learned that it's pretty different than what our social media and digital platforms were giving us. I felt like, huh, maybe there's something even I can do here to bring us back to each other in a small way every day. And that's what happened. And here I am. (laughs) That is so cool. Why did you build Daily Aloha the way that that you did or that you are? Mm, Yeah. I, I had a couple North Stars, I would say, because, you know, I had this idea that I wanted to bring people closer together. I wanted to cross the divides and and let people have a way to connect around our humanness versus what, you know, divides us. So I had some ideas, but there were still so many different ways that our product could show up in the world, right? So I had a couple North Stars. One of them was keeping an eye on what I'm trying to accomplish, which is I want to be a container for belonging. Mm. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that. And then the second North Star is how I want people to feel when they use our product every day. And Juanita, I think you said it felt pretty positive, right? Yeah. Yes. The, the other North Star is I want people to feel uplifted every day. So the belonging piece and the uplifting piece. So here's what I learned from that sticky note project about belonging and why I felt such a strong sense of togetherness when I participated. Participation was anonymous, right? So there was a freedom and a safety to participate that came with the anonymity. And the other thing that I noticed in these projects is that there's no judgment Unlike social media, which I'm not a huge fan of, (laughs) um, which has judgment, right, and scorekeeping as its business engine, these art projects, there's no room for judgment. And then the other thing that's stripped out of these artworks is that there's no status. Everybody's welcome to participate. You don't have to have a social network. And everybody matters the same. There's not a follower count. There's not a like count. There's no influencers, right? We're all welcome and we all matter. So I thought, oh, these are really the ingredients for a container where we can all show up as our authentic selves, feel free to participate, and we all belong, right? Anonymity, no judgment, no status. So I, so I baked those into our daily experience. Just and a, on the, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, just as a comment, you know, in the middle of that is that every once in a while I'll see a post that, that looks like uh, somebody um, is, is hurting, right? Or, mm-hmm. uh, or it's not positive. And I think, oh, I wish I could just go give them a hug. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, it's amazing what it inspires. You know, it is, and it, it's, it, it continues to be remarkable to me every single day. And I've been at this for a while now. Like what is allowed to flourish when you strip out judgment and status and this like 
quick to react environment, reactivity, right? All of that stuff, like all the beautiful emotions that you're describing are allowed to take root. We can just react and not be reactive, but respond with our humanity. Mm. And it's, it's amazing. So thank you for sharing that. I, I, I experience that all every day, (laughs) (laughs) every every day. Um, And then the other piece about how I want people to feel, I want them to feel uplifted and positive. I thought, okay, what environments really let people feel like refreshed rather than that digital overload? So I thought, okay, this is an experience that needs to be really simple, really fun, and probably pretty brief. I don't want to hijack anyone's day. I want to enrich their day without taking over their day. So I knew it had to be simple and it can be enriching, but it can also be fun, right? Like self-reflection can be very thought-provoking, but it can also, it can also be pleasant, right? It doesn't have to be heavy. So I choose our daily questions with care. Um, I mix them up throughout the week. Sometimes they're a little more uh, rich and bring forth like some real deep thinking. And sometimes they're just kind of fun, right? And it's just fun <laughs> to participate and see what everybody else says. So I think about belonging and I think about positivity and those are my North stars and that's how we built our products. So how do you keep the content fresh? Because there's a different question every day. Where do you personally get your inspiration? Ah, everywhere. As I mentioned, I'm already a fan of quotes and I also love poetry. Um, I am inspired by a lot of different inputs. Um, Most of our questions are rooted in positive psychology. So, you know, positive psychology tells us and the science shows that connecting to certain kinds of emotions are really positive for us as humans and allow us to thrive. And those are things like gratitude, happiness, joy, and presence and mindfulness, right? So I I lean really heavily on helping people connect with those feelings by asking questions about what's going well in people's lives. What are their strengths? What brings them joy? What are they, what are their positive memories? What do they hope for in the future? So, you know, I lean on all of the the principles of positive psychology quite a lot, Um, but I also don't want to be, you know, a Hallmark card. We want to be a place for real, real emotions to to be invited. So not every question is is dancing um, through a field of flowers. I also do ask people to reflect on things that make them them and make their lives real and vivid. Um, so I'm inspired by art. I'm inspired by poetry, certainly psychology and quotes. And, um, people suggest questions to me. I don't know if you both have found this in the app yet, but there's a place for our participants to suggest questions. And I would, I think I'm at about like over 5,000 suggestions from our participants. Wow. So that's exciting. That is. It is. And it's great because I don't have to do all the work myself. Now. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're crowdsourcing questions. So I'm really lucky that way. So what do you believe is the value of the social connection that people are experiencing through your app? Oh, boy. I mean, I really hope it just makes people feel good. I mean, we know so much more now about how important social connection actually is to our overall overall well-being. 
Um, many people, workplaces and others are now looking at social wellness alongside physical wellness, mental wellness, financial wellness, emotional wellness. It's, it's the other wellness. It's the other part of well-being. And, you know, as humans, we are wired to connect. Like we need it. Um, belonging is sitting right smack in the middle of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, of yep. human needs, right? So we know we need it. <clears throat> and we also know that um, we don't, as as a country and even globally, people are struggling. We don't have the level of connection that we want. And that shows up in statistics around loneliness, right? And loneliness yep. is simply the subjective assessment that our relationships aren't as rich and rewarding as we want them to be. So we want more than we're getting. And certainly the pandemic has done no favors um, for those that are working and working, you know, the hybrid and virtual work has done us no favors. So it really takes um, an effort to feel connected. It doesn't always just happen. We have to cultivate, you know, connections in our lives. So, so connection really matters. And well, you know, one thing I've learned in doing my kind of deep exploration about connection is that we all need it, but it doesn't manifest the same way for everyone. You know, in the same way that we all need physical activity, but you might like to run and I might like to do yoga and someone else might like to swim or dance in their chair. Um, it shows up differently for everyone. You know, for some, they get the sustenance they need relationally from just a really small group of intimate connections. And for others, it's larger friend groups that help them thrive. And for yet others, it's really feeling like belonging to bigger communities where they're united and shared values and purpose or activities. So it can look different for all of us. Um, and it, so it doesn't matter what it looks like. I think what matters is that we understand where we derive that source of connection and we invest time in uh, making it a priority in our lives. Oh, that is that is very thoughtful. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm thinking about as as you talk through that is a lot of the social media platforms have a tendency to skew towards an age demographic. Um, this seems intergenerational. So, how do you see it in terms of intergenerational connections? Yeah, that yeah, social. I agree with you. Social media is very stratified by age, and. Um, I wanted to make sure that that wasn't the case for us because, you know, I really believe in the value of intergenerational relationships. Um, in my own immediate family, I'm really fortunate. We have every basically living generation represented. Um, my parents are the great, are the silent or the greatest generation. Oh, what is yeah. that one? They're in their 80s. Yep. Um, I am among the youngest baby boomers. You know, my siblings are Gen X and many of my friends are, you know, either baby boomers or Gen Xers. And my kids are millennials and Gen Zers. <laughs> so I have the really good fortune to have that cross-fertilization of ideas and caretaking and wisdom and perspective just in my own life. And I'm so grateful for that. And it's really apparent to me that um, social media doesn't really allow for that, you know, millennials and baby and gen xers you know won't, won't be caught dead on facebook <laughs> um, but it's the only way that my father has to connect with family and i personally have never tried snapchat snapchat i'm not yet on tiktok so um 
So we need a place to come together where we can benefit from, you know, the intergenerational wisdom. I mean, I really feel like it's a gift for younger people to, to experience the wisdom of elders where older people have a level of um, equanimity, I think, from their lived experience. Um, I, I certainly am entering into a period of this too shall pass. Like I have a level <laughs> of calm that I never had in my earlier years. I'm no less ambitious and motivated, but I just have a greater breadth of perspective that I know that the younger people in my life really appreciate and, and like hearing from. And, 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 and vice versa, I think it's really important for people that have much more lived experience to stay fresh and current with what's on the minds of youth. Um, people that are that are you know aging Americans and, and elders really care about being part of a cultural conversation. They want to know what's on the minds of young people and want to be able to contribute to those conversations. So it's just a real miss on social media that there's not that uh, that mechanism for cross-fertilization and discussion. So we have stripped out age as a, as a marker or as an identifier in our app so that people can hear the perspectives and thoughts and feelings from all different folks without a rush to judgment, right? It's so easy for us to dismiss others that we think aren't like us. But when we don't know if they're like us or not <laughs> like us, it creates a space for sharing ideas across all different kinds of demographics, age included, without making assumptions and judgments, and we can really hear each other. That's really cool. You know, as I as I look at the app each day, Amy, I'm amazed by the the breadth of the countries that are represented. I'm curious to know how many users do you have and how many countries are represented? At last count, we were over 150 countries, which I think wow. is getting close to how many there are. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I think we have at least one brave soul in most countries of the world. And you know, people tell me that the the global footprint of our app is a it's a pretty integral part of what delights them about participating because you know, you might say something about how you feel on a given day and you see someone in Indonesia, you know, expressing the same thought and it really does contribute to that feeling of, boy, we're just all human, aren't we? We're just doing our best, doing that human thing. Um, I'm not alone. I'm far from alone and the world feels a little cozier. So, I actually didn't set out with a deliberate intention to be as global as we are. And um, it just sort of happened. And it's really fortunate because it, I think it accelerates our mission to make the world feel a little bit more interconnected. So, so we're, so we're so super fortunate there. Um, as far as how many people are participating, um, thousands, uh, since we launched, we've had about 35,000 people subscribe and, you know, they come and go, they participate for a while, they come back. I do have some stalwarts who, who have been participating every day for over two years now, which is really <laughs> wow. amazing. But in a given week, we have at least a thousand people that are contributing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we hope our podcast adds to that number. <laughs> oh, I, I welcome all your listeners. Come, come join us. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we go? 
I guess I'll just share one other element of our journey as a company, which is that um, we have this beautiful public app that we've been talking about. And what I've learned from our participants is that they love participating with these global others all over the world, but they're also interested in participating in their communities, right? To bolster the sense of community and the relationships that really mean the most to them in their daily lives, where they live, where they work, where they study, where they learn and grow. So we are branching out and becoming a tool for communities who want to use our daily routine to bring their members closer together. So we're really excited for that next leg of our journey. Yeah, that is really cool because I know I, I experienced that same things and sometimes, oh, wow, I just got a hug from Pakistan, right? And and in others, it's like, I wonder how many people, you know, within 10 miles of me are using the app. So um, it's it's fascinating. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Oh, and thank you for everything that you're doing and for inviting me on your show and for your great questions. Thanks, Amy. Okay, bye now. Bye. Have a good day. The Daily Aloha app is really inspiring. Amy's quiet confidence and desire to simply make a difference makes me feel even better about my daily interactions with her app. You know, she mentions the app is really easy to use. It just draws you back in. Amy gets her inspiration for the daily aloha from the principles of positive psychology. We summarized those principles in a PDF entitled Five Principles of Positive Psychology, and you can find a link to the PDF in the podcast description. The PDF lists the principles, one, gratitude, two, happiness, three, joy, four, presence, and five, mindfulness. Before we go, let's not forget our giveaway. If you contact us through our website, gardenspotcommunities.org, and mention the podcast before June 30, 2022, we will enter you into a drawing for a hot air balloon ride for two. Again, contact us through gardenspotcommunities.org mention the podcast and we'll enter you into the drawing next month we'll talk with hugh mcgrory about his work in data storytelling he transforms large data sets into music it's quite fascinating so thank you for listening to purpose in retirement i'm scott miller and i'm Juanita fox special thanks to amy Giddon for joining us for this podcast our senior producer and host is scott miller and our co-host is Juanita fox our producer is gavin salver <laughs>